You're listening to Get Fed Today, one podcast designed to provide the Christian a hearty Bible study five days a week. While our mission is to showcase a variety of different Bible teachers, if you want to access more content from a particular pastor, simply listen to the end of the episode for additional information. On behalf of the entire team at Get Fed Today, it is our prayer that today's episode encourages your growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All righty. You guys are pretty rowdy this morning. I like that. Well, I, I'm, I'm amazed. I, I mean, outside of my seat empty, being empty here, it's only a few seats here and there. This is not, did y'all know it's nine o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Good grief. I am a, just blown away, honored to be here, and I'm going to talk until they get all this squared away. I, you know, tweaked the first mic I had, and they had to hurry up and give me a new mic, and, you know, I'm coming here tearing stuff up, and bummed. I'm so bummed about it. So they, they're going to be working, trying to, the first mic was already good, but now. So, how many were here for the uh, Valentine's get-together? Um, we, we got a few. Where were y'all? Where the rest of y'all? I mean, my goodness. I mean, we... It, this place was packed out. And, and you know, I, I asked the other two um, services yesterday, uh, the four and the six, and it was just a few hands. And I'm asking you guys just a few hands, but the place was maybe 11 and one. Maybe they, they were the ones who were there because, my goodness, it, the place was packed. I was blown away, blown away. So we're, we're honored to be here. It's been a great time. Um, uh, you know, just being here, meeting you guys. I've been telling your pastor, um, you know, I've been, I, I've spoken around the world. And um, I've, this church ranks towards the top of places that we have come to. The, the hospitality, the warmness of you guys is just amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, and, and one of the things that blew me away is you know, as I'm driving through the city, um, you guys like to go jogging. I, I, I noticed that. <laughs> I, I was blown away yesterday. It was around, uh, maybe around this time. Two girls were out jogging with a T-shirt on. I, I said, don't they know it's 30 degrees out here? And this morning, coming here this morning, what, 7.30? There were some guys out there getting it. I can tell they were marathon runners. They were... They were out there, and I said, these folks like to run. <laughs> but I, I don't think y'all realize that it's, it's wintertime out there and that it's about 30 degrees. I don't think y'all knew. The, I mean, I'm sure yesterday with the sun, I, you guys thought it was summer. I'm, I, I, you had to, huh? because folks were all over the place running. Oh, just had a great time. So I'm here with my honey, my wife of almost 31 years of marriage, and uh, we're very thank that. Yeah, that's a... Yeah. Yeah, that is a clapping moment. Not many people are together for 31 minutes, let alone <laughs> 31 years. And so uh, she's been a little under the weather, but she's been a trooper. You know, she knows she's married uh, to a former Marine. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, tough it out, girl. Tough it out. You know, here's medicine. Take the medicine. Take the medicine. You know, so she's, 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 she's a trooper, you know, so she's hanging in there. So, but we're very thankful. Um, uh, to be here, and 
Uh, thank God that we're still young enough to do things. She can travel with me. Our kids are grown and gone. We have three grandchildren now and uh, being married 31 years. And I've, I told the other services, of course, you realize we got married at five. And so <laughs> you, you, under, you, you understand that. So, but it's just great. It's just great being here. Hey, I believe the Lord has a word for us today. And, um, and, and he's going to speak into our hearts a, a timely word that we need to hear. And I believe that we're going to leave here blessed by being in the presence of the Lord. So turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Father, thank you so much for this time you've given us. Thank you for this word that you're going to share with our hearts. And Lord, we just pray that as we're turning pages, that you would turn the pages of our hearts, make us more like you. And Lord, we pray that you would visit us here by your spirit and teach us your word in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 21, we're going to be looking at verses 15 to 25. And the title of this message is very appropriate for today. The title of this message is, Do You Love Me? Do you love me? Oh, this question is asked every day by married couples. Do you love me? Mostly by women. Let, man, let me let you in on a secret. If your wife is asking you, do you love me? That's her way of saying she wants to hear it. And, and ladies, let me let you in on how we think as men. We think if we, have, we, we, we make sure there's a roof over your head and that we buy you things and that, you know, the bills are paid, that, that's how we measure love. But, men, let me let you in on something. Women, they need to hear it. They need to hear it. The words. Now, you know, the deeds are great. But the Bible talks about loving in word and deed. So she needs to hear the words. So this is... This, this question is asked by married couples, by children to parents, and definitely parents to children. Once again, moms. They, hey, little Sally, do you love mommy? It's, once again, she needs to hear it and needs to hear those words. But how will we respond if Jesus asks us this question? Oh, this is the dilemma that Peter found himself in when Jesus asked him this question, not once, but three times, three times. See, I believe that the Gospel of John ended in chapter 20 and verse 31 that says, but these things were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. To me, the Gospel of John ended right there. So the real question is, what is the purpose of John chapter 21? I believe there's two reasons. Number one, to restore Peter, to restore Peter. And number two, to correct a rumor, to correct a rumor. See, there will be those who heard about how Peter denied the Lord three times would wonder if he was still qualified to do ministry. Uh, there was a rumor going around that says that John, the author, would not die that he will remain alive until Jesus returns, that he's going to have to clear this rumor up, and he's going to do so at the end of this chapter. 
So let's dive in. Let's see what is going on at this time. Look what he says there in verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, stop right there. The reason why I stopped right there, because there's a whole lot, you know, impacted in this particular phrase here. This phrase, so when they had eaten breakfast, refers back to verses 1 through 14. In these verses, Peter led a few other disciples back into fishing, according to verse 3. Oh, Peter, no doubt, being discouraged at this particular time, was bummed out, discouraged, felt like giving up. So he says, you know what? I'm going back fishing. And a few others said, we're going with you. Oh, please understand, dear people, whenever we decide to go on our little backsliding adventure, we always take other people with us. We normally take our families. We normally take coworkers and friends who are looking up to us and looking to us. And when we decide to go back, understand, we take other people with us. And, and John tells us the time of day that they went back fishing. He said it was night. Whenever we decide to go back, it's always dark. And the Bible says that they caught nothing, and it's never fruitful whenever we go back. Never, ever will it ever be fruitful whenever we decide to go back, go back to the old life, go back to the world, go back to the old way of doing things. It's never fruitful. And what's so amazing is that Jesus responds to them in verse 4, and, and Jesus, uh, you know, he was waiting on them on the shore. And the next morning, he asked them, he said, children, uh, do you have any food? And they said, no. And Jesus tells them in verse 6, cast your net on the right side of the boat. And when they did, they were not able to draw the net in because of the multitude of fish. So when they came ashore, the Lord had breakfast ready for them already, according to verse 9. Oh, <laughs> let me just let you in on a little secret here. Whatever it is you, you think you want to go back to, Jesus already has it for you. They went back fishing. The next day on the shore, Jesus had fish already ready for them. So whenever, whatever it is you think you want to go back to, Jesus has it for you already. And so this is where we pick up the story. So verse 15 says, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Peter in verse, second part of verse 15, he says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Oh, there are three things I would like to bring to your attention from this verse alone. The first thing is how Jesus called him Simon instead of Peter. It was Jesus who gave him the name Peter in John chapter 1 in verse 42, which means rock. But whenever Peter went back to acting like his old nature, Simon, which can be translated shifting sand, something that is unsta unstable, Jesus called him by this name of Simon. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may shift, sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. And when you return, strengthen your brothers. So here Jesus is once again addressing him as Simon. Oh, here's just a side note. I believe, personally believe, that Satan wanted to use Peter to betray Jesus and not Judas. 
And this is why he personally asked for Peter by name, because I believe he wanted to use him. Oh, this, I, I wish I had time to unpack that idea for you, uh, but just suffice it to say, hey, I believe he wanted to use Peter at this particular time, and that's why he asked for him. So, of course, here it is. He's calling him Simon once again. The second thing I would like to bring to your attention is that he called him Simon, notice, son of Jonah. Oh, of course, it could be translated son of John, but I believe son of Jonah is appropriate too to remind Peter that his behavior lately was just like the rebellious prophet Jonah that he knew so well. Oh, I believe that big time. Jonah was told to go to Nineveh and preach, and he didn't want to. So he went in the other direction, to Tarshish. Went down to the sea, paid the fare, and there is a little truth in there for us. Whenever it is, and whatever it is you want to go back to, once again, we see in the life of Jonah, there's always a price to pay, and Satan will always provide a ship for you to go in the opposite direction of what God called you to do. And so Simon, son of Jonah, was very, very, very appropriate here. Oh, the third thing I would like to bring to your attention is, you know, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than these? Now, what are the these Jesus is referring to? Oh, there are three possible answers. A, uh, perhaps Jesus was pointing to the disciples. Remember, Peter said in Matthew 26 and verse 33, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Oh, no, don't forget, you named me Peter, rock. And Peter was confident in his own strength and abilities. Oh, he failed and denied the Lord three times. And this is a warning for all of us to beware when you are confident in your own spiritual strength and abilities, resting in your years of being a Christian and your Bible knowledge, because you, like Peter, will find yourself denying the Lord as well. So do you love me more than these can refer to A, the disciples, It can refer to B, the 153 fish that they caught in verse 11. Peter, do you love me more than fishing? Fishing refers to their life before Christ. You remember, Jesus called them out of fishing for fish to become fishers of men. And now here it is in John chapter 21, Peter led a group of others, but Peter said, I'm going back to fishing, fishing for fish. So it can refer to our life before Christ. Do you love Jesus more than your life before Christ? You hear many people give their testimony, and they seem to glory in their life before Christ. Kind of excited. They're speaking with a great fondness and as if they long to be back there again. Oh, yeah, you can put that keg down (laughs) every Friday. I was the man. I used to close up the bars, you know. And, And you hear them talk with a a fondness, as if they long to be back there. Or to put, yeah, I can put those drinks down. Some of you are still putting them down. (laughs) Do you love Jesus more than your life before Christ? See, you have to ask yourself that, do you love Jesus more than golf? 
Do you love Jesus more than, it's obvious you guys love to work out here. You love Jesus more than working out. Oh, more than you go, hey, let me tell you something. Uh, It's obvious y'all don't have many gymnasiums around here or many workout facilities because everybody's running outside in 20 below zero. (laughs) Do you love Jesus? See, that takes dedication. You're talking about being out there in that weather, breathing in that cold air, I'll, I'll be sick as a dog. One lap around the block. Now, I'm not against working out. Now, you, you heard me say I'm a former Marine. I work out on top of that six days. I run six days a week. Now, it may not show, but it just shows my wife is a great cook. That's all that shows. <laughs> but I, so I'm not against working out, so don't, don't get it twisted. But do you love Jesus more than your time at the gym? Or C, do you love me more than these? These can refer to the fishing boats. Do you love Jesus more than your job that you're putting in 50 and 60 hours a week, but don't spend 50 or 60 minutes with the Lord or with your family? The question of what are the these in your life? Do you love Jesus more than TV? It's it's said the average American watches seven to eight hours of TV a day. How much time do we spend with the Lord? Are the these in your life your computer? Or let me get real personal, upfront and personal. Do you love Jesus more than your phone? Oh, my goodness. We lose our phone. It's a matter of national security. We, we think we've gone back in the Stone Ages. I mean, we, 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 we were out of phone, and we're like, what's wrong with you? I misplaced my phone. <laughs> and we freak out over the phone. That thing, it's amazing. See, those of you who are of my ilk, my age group and above, you remember the... The, the, the dial phone, you know, zoop, and you know, don't let that last number be a nine, and then you slipped, and then, then you, you, you had to start all over again, hang up, and zoop, and you mad, and, 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 and we, we thought it was a great thing when it came with the, 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 push, the, the push button. We were like, poo, 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 poo. oh, we were happy then. Now, those who are younger said, what are they talking, la- what are they laughing about? Well, let me bring it home to you. You remember the flip phone? <laughs> with, with the ABC, you know, and you're trying to text. That, that will bring it closer to home to you. But for us of our, of our ilk, we remember that, that. And I hate it whenever, the, and I'm trying to, I, I, said, I know this last one is a nine. And I'm, I'm trying to be real careful. And then, and then it slipped. And, and I, 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 I'm not even calling them anymore. Forget it. <laughs> i call them later. What are the these in your life? And Jesus said, do you love me more than these? Oh, the Greek word Jesus uses for love is agape, which is the highest expression of love. It is a love that gives and expects nothing in return. It is a love that gives with no strings attached. So Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me with this kind of love? In other words, Jesus is saying, Peter, love must be the motivating factor in serving me. Oh, the Apostle Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians 16, 14, he says, let everything that you do be done with love. And then people wonder, Paul, what, what drives you? What motivates you? 
And then he says in 2 Corinthians 5.14, he says, for the love of Christ compels me. What compels you today? Is it the almighty dollar, money, rank, status, to be seen? Jesus said it should be love, agape love, that motivates us. So, do you love me more than these? How did Peter respond to this question? Well, the third part of verse 15, he says, you know that I love you. Oh, now it will seem like Peter is answering Jesus' question with a yes. But when you examine what Peter is really saying, lets us in on the heart of Peter at this particular moment. Peter uses the Greek word phileo, from which we get our English word Philadelphia, which is the city of brotherly love. See, the Greek language is, is more expressive than the English language. All we have is one word for love, love. I mean, but there's different kinds of love, different types of love. The love I have for my wife is different from the love I, I have for, for my children. It's a different love. And the love I have for my wife, the love I have for my children is totally different from the love I have for cheesecake. The other night, for those of you who missed and you were at home goofing off, well, I don't know what you were doing, and that wonderful Valentine dinner that we had, oh, they had some of the best cheesecake. So I, I can't eat and then speak. So I, you know, they said, we'll save you some food for afterwards to take back to the hotel. I said, great. I said, make sure you grab those two cheesecakes off that table right there. I went back to the hotel and smashed both of them. Now, for those of you, who don't know what that means. You thought I, I might have sat on them? No, no, no. I gobbled them up with, with such speed as I was watching TV. Next thing you know, one was gone. Next thing you know, uh, the other one was just gone. I just love cheesecake. So there's different, and I heard there was a good cheesecake place not that, not that far. Something cafe or something. I forgot what it was. But they said some great cheesecake. So, you know, before I go, I'm, I'm going to have to investigate the matter. So... So there's different kinds of love. So the Greeks are more expressive in their love. They have uh, at least four words for love. There is storge that describes a parent-child kind of love. Then there's eros that describes erotic, exotic, sensual, sexual love. And then there's phileo describes uh, brotherly love. And then agape love. Agape love, that, that word was not not a part of the classical Greek language until the apostles introduced it into the language. It describes selfless love, God's love for us, something the Greeks knew nothing about. So Peter uses phileo. He was saying, Lord, you know that I, I love you like a brother. Jesus responds to Peter by saying that that last part of verse 15, feed my lamb. Oh, the word feed in the Greek is bosco, and it means to feed or to graze or to tend to. Now, we must understand that Jesus is restoring Peter back into ministry. See, this chapter is so important to Peter and to the Peters throughout history that will fall in ministry. Oh, let me just give you a little background that I didn't give the people yesterday. Let me give you a little background. You know, Jesus said, you know, before, uh, you know, rooster crows, you know, uh, you would deny me three times. So when Peter fell into sin, every time people saw Peter, that 
history tells us. They will walk by him. I can do the do. I can do the And they will just mock him. And these roosters, they were all over the place, and they would just make a mess all over the place. And therefore, this chapter is for Peter and all of the Peters throughout history that will make a mess out of their lives. So this chapter is very key, very critical. After yesterday, I was talking to a young lady who made a mess out of her life. And this message really encouraged her. Because thank God for Peter. I'm sorry that he went through what he went through, but guess what? It's an example for us that what happened to him can happen to us. And the thing is, is that this chapter is very, very important to all of us. And if it were not for this chapter, how would we know that Peter was ever restored back into ministry? If it, if it were not for this chapter, we would say, you know what? You better not mess up with God because you mess up with God. You're finished forever. Remember Peter? He denied the Lord and he was done. But we have chapter 21. We have chapter 21. And now we know that Peter did get restored into ministry. Jesus is telling Peter to feed his lambs. The lambs are the little ones. They're the little ones. This is why we believe that the best place for those called into ministry is to first feed the lambs in children's ministry. Why? Because if you can teach children the Word of God, you will have no problem with adults. Now, if you're boring and a poor communicator, oh, these kids, they're definitely going to let you know it. I want to go back there. He's boring. I want to go back. He's mean. She's mean. Or she's this. Or he's that. Oh, they'll let you know. See, they don't know how to be politically correct, you know, as adults. Kids are just kids. They're honest. They just say, you know what? I don't like you. I, I remember one time years ago, uh, in our children's ministry, there was a guy back there serving, and he, you know, he was, you know, he was overweight. Okay. And <laughs> one little boy said, you know, you're fat. You know, and that's just what kids do. They just tell you. And if you think, because see, many people see what I do. They see what Pastor Frank uh, does, and, and they, oh, I can get up there and do that. So, Pastor Tony, if you ever need someone to fill in for you, let me know. I'm available. I say, you available? Yes. Well, get back there to those two-year-olds and teach them. That's what we send them. Because, see, that pride that's in them, those kids will humble them. You will come out with a slice of humble pie with a little crow with it as well. Because those kids will humble you. They will ask you questions that will have you scratching your head into the rapture. Well, you know what? I came from my mommy and my daddy. Uh, where did God come from? Who is his mommy and daddy? See, that's why that is the best place. Feed those lambs. Feed the lambs. The best preparation. I remember when uh, I was in California, and one of the things I, I, I did on staff was I did um, children's ministry. So I had to do children's church. 
And so um, as I was doing children's church, I had three-year-olds all the way to third grade. And I had a little puppet guy, you know, hey, kiddies, how you doing? You know, and I had a little puppet. And, and so, so people, you know, I had the little kids, Pastor Tony, my brother hit me today. And then, you know, the third graders are back there saying, okay, really? Are we? And so I had to make sure I engaged both. I had to deal with, you know, don't hit your brother anymore, okay? And then I had to deal with the third graders back there. So, you know, with the puppet and all the... the see, so I, I, I was able to teach and change voices. And so now as an adult, when I read the scriptures, I'm changing voices and all that, all that stuff I learned by being in children's ministry. I honed in those skills by being in children's ministry because I had to engage these children and make sure I didn't lose them. So when I get to adults, I try to bring you into the story and change voices and, and do all this kind of animation because I learned that from the children's ministry and being back there with the lambs. This is why Jesus said, feed my lambs. Oh, look at verse 16. He said to them again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, oh, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. Now, Jesus asked Peter a second time, do you love me? Then he said, tend my sheep. Oh, that word tend in the Greek is uh, peomeno, and it's a word that means to tend or to shepherd. And so Jesus is saying, not only do I want you to feed my lambs, but I need you to care for them. I need you to care for them. I need you to shepherd them. And, and this is what he's uh, saying to them. This is why for us, we spend the kind of money, and we don't have much, but we spend the kind of money we do in our children's and youth ministry. So, they can make, so we can make sure that they are in, our children are in the best environment to learn about Jesus on their level. This is, this is critical. Our children do not have the same attention span as an adult. And it's very incorrect and not right for us as an adults to try to make them have an adult attention span when they're children. They're children. They like to goof off and run around and be silly. And we make them sit and stern and, you know, my children can sit in the service. Okay, that's great, but they don't want to. I can tell you that now. They don't want to. They don't want to sit here under you. My kids can sit. No, we got this great children's man. They can sit. I want them with me. And you know, me being who I am, I said, well, do you go to school with them too? Do they go to work with you? Well, no. Well, but you want them to come in here and sit with you when all their friends are back there having a great time, learning about Jesus on their level, singing their songs, and not listening. Now, I, I, I teach in such a way where little kids can understand. However, when I'm in here, I'm teaching grown folks about grown folk business. And there's things that kids are not privy to. Now, I know you allow your kids to get all in your business and you're talking to another adult and the kid kind of chiming in. I, I don't get down like that. I'm going to tell you, I don't get down like that. Just keep, you got to know your place. I don't get in our community. We don't get down like that. So the thing is, is that we make sure they're in an the environment that they can learn about Jesus. Why do you think that every 10 to 11 minutes there's a commercial? Because that's today's attention span of, of adults, let alone children. 
different attention span. So that's why when they're in here, they're fidgeting. Mommy, I got a pee-pee, I got a potty, I want a cookie, I'm ready to go. And because they're bored, they're bored. Uh, it was the four o'clock service. It was funny. I was, right, I was right at this point here in the four o'clock service. And I said, kids, I, just to show how bored they are, they get up and go in and out, in and out, in and out. And as soon as I got at this point, this little boy, he got him walk right out. I said, there's one right there, right on cue. You would think I paid him. I give you a 50 cent right after service. It was great. It was great because that, 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 it proved my point. They don't want to be in here. There's a great environment. I got a tour. That children's ministry is off the chain. Very nice. And so they need to be back there. Get them back there. I'm laughing, goof off with kids their own age, sing their own songs and all that stuff. This is what Jesus said. Look, not only do I need you to feed my lambs, I need you to tend to them. Take care of them. Oh, we understand that this means take care of them first at home. You realize that, don't you? In 1 Timothy chapter 3, in verses 4 and 5, uh, Paul tells Timothy, he says, look, if a man doesn't know how to take care of his own house, how is he going to take care of the house of God? Mean that, meaning that the testing ground for those called to ministry is at home. That's, the first, that's where it starts. So, yes, we feed and tend to the children here, but it starts first at home. Look what it says there in verse 17. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Jesus said a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Uh, this time, Jesus used the word Peter had been using, phileo. Peter, do you even love me like a brother? Then this verse says that Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Oh, the, the Greek word for grieve is lupeo. It's the same Greek word that's used in Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you're sealed to the, to the day of redemption. And this word lupeo, it means to sorrow, to cause pain to, or to grieve. Now, why was Peter grieved by Jesus asking him this question a third time? Because it reminded him of how he denied the Lord three times. Oh, at this point, Peter was done trying to prove how much he loved the Lord and said, Lord, you, you know all things. You know that I am as unstable as water. This is why you're calling me by my old name, Simon. You know that I denied you three times by a fire very similar to this one here. And Jesus tells Peter a third time, feed my sheep. Oh, I'm sure that Peter is blown away that Jesus still wanted to use him in feeding his sheep and lambs. Oh, this, this is a word to all of us to either feed his sheep or his lambs. Get involved in serving the Lord's sheep. The Lord is saying, let me use you. Oh, let, let me tell you something. This, this is what it's all about. Serving God's people. Did you know that there's no gift in come and sit in a church chair? Did, did you know that that's not a spiritual gift? 
Some of you think you, and, and you have, you have, and we, we thank God for you coming and filling up a seat. But you got to be involved in serving God's people in some capacity. If I were to go around and point and say, where do you serve in the ministry? Where do you serve? Where do you serve? How many of you will have an answer? Oh, how many of you, as soon as I point, you try to hide behind the person's head in front of you? <laughs> Hope you don't see me. Get involved. The Lord wants to use you. You don't understand the joy it is of being used by the creator. That God, the one who saved your soul, the one who redeemed your life, the one who saved you from hell itself, wants to use you in serving his people. And maybe you hear and you say, you know what, I've I, I, I blown it. I once served in ministry, but, you know, I, I have blown it like Peter did. Please realize that forgiveness and restoration is waiting for you just like it was waiting for Peter. Jesus knows we're going to blow it. Did you know that when he saved you, he knew you were going to blow it? He knew you were going to do what you did. And that's where forgiveness comes in. Christianity is not being, about being good little boys and good little girls. It's a matter of forgiveness that we have through Jesus Christ and the cross. We have forgiveness because of him. And even when we blow it, we have forgiveness. And God wants to use us. Look in verses uh, 18 and 19. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wish. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Uh, this he spoke, signifying by what death he will glorify God. And when he has spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Now, whenever Jesus starts off in the Gospel of John with most assuredly, I say to you, or truly, truly, or amen, amen, depending upon your translation, he is about to introduce an important truth. Jesus is telling Peter, when you were younger, you girded yourself and, and you walked where you wished. In other words, you were, when you were younger, you wanted to give your life for me, but you didn't. You denied me three times. When you get old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Oh, verse 19 tells us that this refers to the death that he will glorify God. Oh, history tells us that when persecution broke out against Christianity, that they looked for Peter because they felt that he was the leader of them. So when they finally found him, they led him away to crucify him. And Peter objected by saying, I am not worthy to die the same way as my Lord did. So they crucified him upside down, just like Jesus said in these verses. You understand crucifixion wasn't invented by the Romans. It was invented by the Persians 1,000 years before Rome. The Persians felt that the ground was sacred, so they would never put a dead body in the ground and desecrate the ground that they felt was sacred. So they would elevate them up on a pole or some kind of stick or something to, to kill them. Rome is the one who perfected crucifixion. Gruesome way to die. Gruesome, gruesome. But I want you to notice something. Jesus tells Peter 
this will be the death that you will glorify me in. And then after he told him, he said, now follow me. How many of us would have followed him? Or we would have said, you know what? This is not what I bargained for. I'm out of here. I, I was told I come to Christ, he would give me love, joy, peace, happiness, and a good life. And you're talking about some gruesome way I'm going to die. Now, 99.9% .9 of us would never know how we're going to die. But if the Lord told us some gruesome way that we're going to notice, glorify God in, would we still follow Jesus? Maybe that's the reason why he doesn't tell us how we're going to die, because many of us will bail out and say, no, this is not what I bargained for. I just want to feel good, come to church and feel good, and then going back home to my life. He told Peter, he said, this is the death, crucifixion, by which you're going to glorify me. Amazing. Amazing that the, he said that. All right, my wife said I'm running out of time. All right, okay. Verses 20 and 21. And then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who's the one who betrays you? And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but, 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 but Lord, what, what about this man? Now, Peter got to thinking about this thing, this crucifixion and dying, glorifying God. He got to thinking about this. And, and, and Jesus said, you know, I don't know about this, Jesus. I, I really don't know. So, so he, Peter turns around and sees John. He said, Okay, but, but Lord, what about this man? And Jesus, you know, says something very interesting. But I want to bring out something that John, here is John again. John is always telling us that he's a disciple whom Jesus loved, who leaned on his chest, that I think is weird, and leaned on his chest and asked, who is, who is it that's going to betray you? I mean, John throughout the gospel he wrote the gospel, constantly telling us he's a disciple whom Jesus loved. Here we are at the end of the gospel. He's still telling us, John, we get it. You're the disciple whom Jesus loved. We got it. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. That was you, John. Give you two thumbs up. So Peter got to thinking about this thing. And he asked, what about Peter? And Jesus said in Verse 21, but Lord, he said, but Lord, what about this man? Now, Jesus didn't tell Peter how John would be boiled in oil in Ephesus, and he didn't die, and then he got exiled on the island of Patmos, where he received the book of Revelation. Jesus never told Peter that. You know why? It was none of Peter's business. See, this is a reminder that we need to get our eyes off of other people. Everyone goes through tough times. Many times we just don't see them go through them. So often the Lord will not show us what others go through because it really, it's really none of our business. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There is no temptation that has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So don't start saying no one has it as hard or as bad as I do. Or don't say she has it easy. 
Oh, she married into some money. Hey, you don't know what they have gone through in this life or what they will go through. Now, how did Jesus respond to Peter? I got to hurry up. I'm at about two-minute mark. Look at verses 22 and 23. It says, Jesus said to him, if I will, that he remains till I come. What is that to you? You follow me. Then this saying went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say that he will not die. But if I will, that he remain till I come, what is that to you? So here it is, John is clearing up this particular rumor. He said that Jesus did not say that I wouldn't die. He said, but if I willed, what is that to you? You follow me. And he continues in verses 24 and 25. And this is the disciple who testified of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. John says in verse 24 that he, he is the one who testifies of these things and they are true because he lived them. He was an eyewitness of these events. Then he said in verse 25 that there are many other things that Jesus did. If they were written down, he said, I suppose the entire world could not contain all the books that will be written. Oh, and in Ephesians 2, 7, it says that in the ages to come, we will explore the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Oh, we think we understand the grace of God. The Bible says throughout eternity, we'll be learning about the grace of God, how this God who is holy and pure can show us, so shows us love and grace and kindness toward sinners who don't deserve it. We're going to have all eternity all eternity to learn about those things. Oh, let me conclude with this. How would you answer Jesus if he asked you, do you love me? Do you love him with agape love? Or would you, like Peter, say that you love him like a brother? Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. So Jesus is saying love is seen in our obedience to him. So with this in mind, do you love Jesus? Are you obedient to his word? If not, then he is waiting on you to come by a fire like he did Peter to restore you, to forgive you. And the question is, will you come? There's going to be some people available after service to pray with you about these things. And if you've never repented of your sin and accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation for you. And I don't know why God is impressing upon me to say this now. Because this is an area that's very religious. And many people say, you know, I've been a Christian my whole life. No one is a Christian their whole life. No one. No one. All because you've been in church don't make, make you a Christian. And many of you think because you've been in church your whole life that that constitutes being a Christian. No, it doesn't. The Bible says we're a sinner. You should be able to know the day by which Christ, when Christ comes into your life, you know the day and the hour that happens. For me, August 26, 1985, and I was in Okinawa, Japan. i never forget the day. I can see myself bowing down on a concrete floor like this in the barracks in Okinawa, Japan, 
repenting of my sin and accepted Christ. When Christ comes into a person's life, that person's life is no longer the, the same. You may have churchianity, do you have Christianity, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you might have been affiliated with a church and all this church talk here in this great area that you live in. But you may be lost and don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You know church, but you don't know Christ. You know the manual, but you don't know Emmanuel. And the Bible is making it very clear that you have to have a relationship with him. If that's you, there's going to be some people available, available to pray with you about these things. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time in your word. We just pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will move upon us and draw people unto you today. And Lord, we just pray that your hand will be upon us. Lord, I pray for those who are like Peter, have made a mess out of their lives. And Lord, I pray that you would draw them to you, restore them, draw them by your loving kindness. You said, those who come to me, I will in no wise cast out. And Lord, I pray for those who just had churchianity their whole life. I pray that you draw them into a real relationship with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Get Fed Today. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tony Clark. If you enjoy the message, you can access more of Pastor Tony's teaching ministry by visiting calvarynn.org.